0: Beautiful people, welcome to another episode of Politics and Pop Culture with Sierra
1: and Chris. Today is Monday, September 14, 2020. And Sierra, I'm just so happy for us to share and delve into these hot topics. What's going on in the news today?
0: So much. Let's first talk about this mentally unfit poll for president. Okay, yes. so. A lot of people do polls asking the same questions, coming up with similar results. So this one is from CNBC and they said 55% of likely national voters, so that's okay. the pool so people of people who are actually voting, which is yes, important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: and it's 55% of them. So 51% of likely battleground voters say Trump is mentally unfit to be president. 52% of likely national and battleground voters say Biden is mentally unfit to be president. And then they also did physical fitness because I guess mm-hmm. now
1: important.
0: I, I suppose do we want our presidents to like be able to run marathons? I don't you know, know. Obama was
1: playing basketball.
0: I know. I, but oh, then right. Donald
1: Trump plays golf. So I don't. Okay, go ahead. Let it's me a this, new this, standard.
0: This. Okay, so of likely national voters and 52% of likely voters in the battleground say Trump is physically fit to be president. Okay, 52% think Trump's physically fit. So that's the majority. And 54% uh, say that Biden is physically fit to be president.
1: Okay, interesting stats. Um, What do you think? Who do you think is mentally and physically fit to be president?
0: I think that Trump is president, okay? So first, like we have that, like he's doing a job, okay? He's doing the job now.
1: Yeah, he's not in the base.
0: And Biden's been that politician, you know what I mean? So he knows the job as well, so I think they're both mentally fit according to me because you know what i mean like who i'm not a psychiatrist you know
1: that's not so true yeah like i guess who are we to say what mentally unfit is i know what i see when i look at clips of joe biden's brain literally freezing there was a moment where he was like my name is joe biden and i'm running for senate and if you don't vote for me vote for the other joe biden he literally looks the camera and said don't vote if you're not you're not black if you're not voting for me i didn't like that he also um just he fumbles on his words a lot he performed very very poorly in the presidential primary debates and um i'm just not a fan of his mental capacity like i think when the presidential debate happens with him and donald trump that we're really going to see the stark difference in mental capacity between the two i know president trump he knows how to say person woman man camera tv, camera
0: TV. can
1: joe biden do that <laughs> i don't know so i would say that joe Biden think- needs
0: a hit song because i'm sorry to say it have you heard that real women vote for trump we don't need no. that, liberal trump See, that
1: sounds like some tiktok stuff that i'm not previous. is that on tiktok
0: it's a youtube video but tiktok blew it up
1: there we go i'm not on TikTok.
0: and so it's just like all of these bops for trump like we need some bangers bops for, Biden. for Biden. Hello, you know I mean? but it's like so do we want our president to now have like the highest iq and be able to run a marathon like
1: We definitely want the standard to be there. We want our person to be not an idiot, not a fool. But then
0: again, as far as Biden's concerned, Biden has always been leading in the, but he's always been leading in the polls, like throughout the 2020 uh, presidential candidates for the Democratic Party. Like he And I would say a
1: large part of that is because of name recognition, not because of actually him being equipped for the job.
0: And so it's like, but y'all had other options. You know what I mean? So it's like now it's unfit out they should have
1: been saying that from day one but i think remember in the presidential democratic primary debate there was a gentleman from ohio tim ryan maybe there was a gentleman from ohio that said like joe biden it's time for you to pass the baton do you remember that that Mm -hmm. that sound bite Mm -hmm. the baton he was right like the fact that all those diverse young people people of color a gay man and now we came down to bernie sanders donald trump joe biden like man i think we really dropped the ball on that but I think that's a really good story. I want to,
0: I want, I would also like for them to do a poll of like people who've worked in that White House, like people who have high positions, who know firsthand what this job requires and people who know like the stress of the job and the mental capability that one must have, like poll them. You know what I mean? Poll White
1: House workers.
0: Yeah. Like poll the people who, who know what's up. But then again, we're the ones voting, so.
1: Very true, very true. So we'll have, that would be a very interesting conversation to have moving forward about mental fitness. Also in news, Los Angeles police officials have found and uh, have announced a $100,000 reward for information that leads to the gunman who ambushed two sheriff deputies in Compton over the weekend. If people are not aware, two sheriff deputies were in their car, like literally sitting on the side, you can look at the video, and a gunman walks up to the car and just shoots both of them and then runs away. What do you think that that says about the respect and reverence for police officers in our um, country today?
0: Or is it the mental well-being of people who are able to get to have guns? You know what I mean? Like, who who decides to just commit murder? You know what I mean? On police officers. It says a lot. I how I was raised might not be how everyone was raised as far as respecting authority and police Mm -hmm. officers. I have also come in contact with, you know, police officers who live in my neighborhood, who work closely with the schools, not as enforcers, but just like, we're here for you. So that is my privileged gaze of it. But having this again, all over media, all over people's timeline, I think it's, Desensitizing and dangerous.
1: Absolutely. I think there's been a national collective consciousness that is having a, uh, that is moving towards a disrespect for police officers. I remember I was watching a video, I think that happened in Spain or Italy, I think it was, where a gentleman, or I think it was a woman, I gotta see the clip, it was a while ago, they just literally set a police car on fire like just they think that like in the midst of the protests and everything that was going on they just felt i'm going to set this police car on fire and i think that there's ways that the media can spin this to make it look like no one cares for the police anymore because i think this type of actions this type of radical behavior is going to get donald trump reelected because when donald trump puts out rhetoric talking about how we need more law and order and respect police because if we don't we're going to have chaos he can point to this situation and say well look what people are doing now they're mm-hmm. shooting up police officers. Do You guys want that to be the normal? So I think we all have to be responsible every single day because if I was on the Trump campaign, I would be taking this, it'd be on every Trump ad letting people know like, this is crazy because that is unacceptable. That's unacceptable, but, but there's been so much conversation of like defunding and abolish the police. There's been so much of a um, disassociation and disrespect towards the police. And I think this offense is reflective of that notion. Would you agree? I-
0: yeah, I think when it comes to the creation of hashtags, it has in like it has heightened this allegorical society. So, let me not allegorical we might not all know what allegorical means. Break it so, down me, for us. so, it's just when we create these hashtags for retweets, for emotion to draw empathy, to be dramatic, to Pull people in to pull the eyes in, um, just to read on the screen. What does that look like in real life? I don't mm-hmm. think that's are... abolish
1: the police. What is yeah. that? Mean?
0: it's Mm -hmm. like abolish the police for the hashtag you know Mm -hmm. what i mean for the eyes for the viewers to bring people in and then explain what you really mean by that and it's not really abolishing the police but allocating police funds that doesn't sound as trendy but i think you know in order for the right to not take it there it's just allocating funds which is what it's what Most people, does, if they anything, understood
1: what the funding the police would be would be for that, but people who don't really do that necessary work to do the investigative research, okay, what does this really mean? They might be like, well, the police are done. And now we can just wild out. Now let's go shoot them up in Compton over the weekend. Now the Los Angeles is saying, we'll give y'all a hundred thousand dollars if you give us. Some type of information on who that shooter was, because we have to look at motive, we have to know more. you know it says um one male deputy and one female deputy were ambushed as they sat in their patrol vehicle. Both sustained multiple gunshot wounds and are in critical condition. They are both currently undergoing surgery. The suspect is still at large. The gunman walked upon the deputies and opened fire without warning or any type of type of warning without warning. It's wild I
0: think at the end of the day like nobody wants their life to be cut short and nobody wants or wishes that for anyone else. I think the core in all of us is that we want to live, we want to live full, healthy, safe lives. And this climate is not, is not advertising that, is not allowing that. But I think that's really at our core. So I think in this, presidential race it's just like the our lives that are lost with covid and then the lives that are lost by police brutality or during these protests Civil so it's kind of like it's kind of like what battle are you going for law and order or like health and fighting this virus
1: and there's no one having a conversation about both and how both can lead to our demise and i think that's where politicians and are they're both
0: about. working together like absolutely
1: they're absolutely.
0: working together
1: and that's one thing I hate about politics is there's, it's so dichotomous, like there's never an idea that two things can coexist at the same time, either you're more police or abolish the police. And it's like, where is the, the complexity? Like we as human beings are not just so black and white and dichotomous. These ideas can we blend a, and we can have conversations where we can critically think and come to a more common, understood conclusion.
0: Right. We live in a world where all exist you know what i mean mm-hmm. all of these realities whether you live in the reality where it's like more law and order more law and order but then you also live in communities with public safety and less police so it's like all of our realities are real to us yeah. um so then how do we come on one accord as a nation and then just a little just to add on top of that we still ain't got a stimulus
1: check. Crazy. Unemployment has been cut. I remember there was one moment where I was getting a lot of money that was able to actually sustain my living. Now I'm not getting anything, I'm just like over it. But I'm happy that the country's kind of opening up so now I can potentially look to get real work. But I think in real time being as someone who was a recipient of unemployment benefits and seeing the drastic cut getting literally like a fourth of what I was getting before, it impacts you on an individual level. And I think when we have all these politicians and these big ideas, we have to understand that these are affecting real individual people. Like there's times where I have to ask family members for money because I can't afford my rent and I can't afford groceries, basic human needs. And I can't go to California and work in Hollywood, which is what I was working on before. California is literally on fire. So am I sitting here trying to be greedy and just get from the government and be sitting around on my ass and not work? No. So the fact that my life is really being impacted by these politicians who can't come to an understanding, it's sad and it's definitely unfortunate
0: agree and my career I was in theater so that is completely gone and it is is gone until the rest of the year into 2021 no work period theaters are closed period and like everyone's trying to make do virtually but that that income doesn't even come close to selling tickets Tickets. it's like so it's just like what are and so what are the artists doing during Mm -hmm. this time you know when I was getting my unemployment You know, I was helping my mom around the house with the phone bill and da da da, but now there's no more income, so now it's just like you know, really having to sit down and and struggle
1: literally, struggle. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely, that's really unfortunate. How are things going in pop culture? Let's talk pop culture. What's going on in the world of Hollywood?
0: Oscar's so white, okay. (sighs) Okay, so... I'm not into
1: identity politics at all. Let me just preface my comments by saying that, but I'd like to hear the story.
0: So, the Academy of Motion Arts and Pictures and Sciences, that's not the real name, y'all, but they have set kind of diversity guidelines. Diversity demands. Demands for mm-hmm. pictures that are eligible for the Best, Best Picture, Picture mm-hmm. Award at the Oscars. So there are four categories. You have on-screen, creative leadership, industry access and opportunity, and audience development. And within each of these categories, you have to have minorities, either like minorities, Black, Asian Pacific Islander, Native American, Indigenous, anything other than white, um, women or disabilities or lgbtqia identifying people on screen or in supporting roles that's one so like actually presently portrayed and then in the creative leadership so writing the script producing behind the scenes involvement somebody from that minority category in that category and then, in see industry access and opportunity. So, are there internships, mentorships? Are you bringing people in, like, as assistants? Um, and then also, like, makeup and hair people, like, just all the categories. Like, do you have anybody diversity on your set, on your project, on Got your ahead. set?
1: Andy, and you cannot get the best picture nomination if you do not.
0: If you do not. And then also, it even extends to hiring minorities for uh, advertising so, and, pu- and publicity, so extending out even into further industries and including more people of color. So if at first I'm thinking, how in the world can you create a best picture, a million, multi-million dollar picture without not a nary person of color in
1: sight? And so you think that these demands are necessary? Like you're in favor of like demanding that your project have diverse voices, diverse talent in order to be nominated for best picture. You're in favor of that. Well,
0: I I see where so much can go wrong because you could have a picture with all black actors, but then you can still have an all white creative team and a right and a right writer and a white writer and still miss the authenticity and the nuance of telling a black story. So it can still go wrong. In my opinion, so, there's about a little over 8,000 Academy voters who vote for Best Picture. And around 80% of those voters are white. Okay. So, it's like, in my opinion, you don't have to make these rules, you have to change who's actually voting for these pictures. But I to give everybody a fair true. chance, because this life fact, is about being fair. Exactly, so you, they need to Which fix, is not. <laughs> the equity needs to be fixed in who is voting for these awards, in my opinion.
1: So I, you think it's both, uh, but you do believe that it needs to be some diversity needs to take place.
0: Yeah, I'm all for give Black people jobs. I'm all for it, but that's just what it sounds like. I don't necessarily see give Black people a voice, make sure Black people are heard on these sets it's just like I think sure it's a there.
1: good first step I think me as a person of color I know that as a black man this is going to benefit me yes. and I think that some of the people argue against identity politics and diversity which I'm more so leaning towards that framework and I do think that um, sometimes when we just kind of do affirmative action that it can be dangerous like we can't just let anybody come up in Harvard just because you're a black man from the hood and you're supposed to just go to Harvard because of your social economics and race there needs Except to be some
0: guarantee of standard. success
1: correct but my point is that systematically there has been a um people have not been into the there's been segregation amongst a lot of hollywood circles and like these really prestigious awards where we've seen tia Mowry on social media talking about how because she was black she wasn't afforded certain opportunities we look at tyra banks a global icon who told us because she was black she couldn't do certain high-end uh, modeling gigs and how you can't just eradicate all that because we have a Black president. We can't eradicate all of that because Beyonce is the biggest performer of our day. There needs to be systems in place that make sure that more people get an opportunity. I think that's what's happening right now. So in this respect, I think, because really what we're just trying to do is normalize diverse opportunities, diverse success. That's really what we're trying to do. But I'm hoping that we'll get to a place where we don't have to worry about race and all this identity and gender. We can just have good art. And exactly. I think in order to get us to that place, we have to have some type of standards in mind to kind of normalize and inclusivity
0: I agree and it's ultimately with these award shows it's you know a bunch of your peers deciding like who's the best like what is art it's they're setting the standard for what is art what is the best and so when the majority of these people who are setting these standards are white like that's what you're going to get so it's just diversify the pool of who is voting who is defining what art is for this specific Oscar you know what I mean Um, and I think you'll see a diverse outcome
1: I hope so I hope so that's all we can do is hope I think that's a good we'll just see how it plays out and how it affects the landscape five years from now
0: yeah all right should we talk about Ellen
1: Uh, let's Um, are you a fan of the Ellen DeGeneres show what are your thoughts on Ellen
0: used to watch Ellen just like in the background. I never really like took it too seriously. Like I never like went on Ellen to like, you know, learn some deep stuff. It was, It's a very lighthearted show. I just took it for what it was, you know?
1: Absolutely. And for those of you who aren't familiar, like Ellen DeGeneres has been under a lot of public scrutiny for poor behavior um, with guests as well as her workers. Where people have complained that she doesn't talk to them, that she's very rude, that she's very nasty, that she's very mean. The conversation got so big that certain people started coming out in support of Ellen because everybody just started labeling her as this mean person. So I thought that because of our hypersensitive time that we're in right now, that the show will be canceled. But it was just released and how reported that the show will be coming back in September this month. I'm wondering, yeah, that's this month. I'm sorry. I, I behind. think next Monday, the twenty. I think next Monday. And I, the headline in the Hollywood Reporter said, like, we're going to talk about it. So I'm excited right, to Monday. see how she addresses the criticism, how she addresses, quote unquote, her alleged poor behavior. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm all for giving people the right to stick up for themselves. I don't believe in cancel culture in that regard. I think if someone does a transgression, they have the right to stick up for themselves and say, Hey, I was wrong for that. Hey, I apologize. Hey, that's a lie. That's important. We can't just believe someone who says this happened to me. We have to do investigative research, which is so important. And I'm interested to see how this will play out on the show.
0: Yeah. I went down the YouTube rabbit hole because Ellen is pop culture. So of course all of these pop culture YouTube channels have something to say and it just gets, it gets so ridiculous at a point. I was watching one video, not a credited video or anything like that, but they were saying even Ellen's dogs don't like her. Even her pets mm-hmm. think that she's mean. And I'm just like, what like this is crazy and then if you actually read the buzzfeed articles the employees that are coming out They're just saying, you know, yeah, Ellen's not, you know, the nicest. She's an introvert. Like, she didn't smile at me. But their biggest pet peeve was with the executive producers. There was sexual harassment. There was microaggressions on racism with the executive producers. So Ellen's just away, and the producers are running the show and are creating a toxic work environment. But since it is the Ellen show, of course she's going to take the hit. But it was really the team under her that caused this demise and this destruction so i now like after reading the buzzfeed articles i understand why ellen is still there because she wasn't the one creating the toxic work environment but then again it is her team but they just fired the producers and they do you know twitch Mm mm-hmm so Twitch is hip hop. He's so you think you can dance. He's the DJ on the show. Who- oh, those was like dancing, the black guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he got promoted to co-executive producer see, on sure. the show why not i agree i agree 1000 this percent. is arguably
1: kind of a co-host
0: yes exactly and so we'll see what happens in my i never thought of ellen as not giving black people a platform or not for inclusion like ellen's a trailblazer like she do, do, do you do realize
1: that when she came out as gay like oprah winfrey literally got death threats to her show because of having giving ellen a voice yeah. like ellen was a marginalized oppressed group at one point we want yeah. to be sensitive into identity politics let's go back to let's look at history which now. People want to do. Ellen was somebody who like coming out as gay was like, whoa, like gay? What the heck? So I don't I highly doubt that she just flipped flipped the brick and was like, oh, I'm gonna just be a mean to a mean to minority and oppressed groups like right now. I that Absolutely was not. Uh, so again, we don't know. All we can do is have to see what Ellen says. We just have to see what happens.
0: We have to wait and see all right um and so at the end of our show we are going to leave you guys with some some gems just for your life to grow in your business and your personal life things and tools that you can use that can just help you feel better and work better and just be more productive so I came up with the one for today, and it was inspired after watching The Social Dilemma, um, which is about social media and that whole Rubik's Cube. So I think it's important for us to really listen and comprehend and digest what we're feeling and what our emotions are, especially in this age when it's just so much coming at us through the news, through social media. It's just intake, intake, intake. And how are we really responding to everything that we're taking in? Do we even know? Are we even aware of our emotions and our feelings when we read our emails and go through our phones? So this is just a little exercise that you can do. You can write it down or you can do it on your phone or you can just talk to yourself Um, as soon as you wake up in the morning and the first actions that you decide to do whether you know it could be brushing your teeth and you know taking a shower like how do you feel before and then how do you feel after that after you eat um, how did that make you feel and then especially before you go open up your phone and go on Instagram or read the news how do you feel before And then how do you feel after? Do you feel better? Do you feel worse? Are you neutral? Do you not even know how to write what you're feeling or how to communicate what you feel? Are you numb? And don't try and change it immediately. Just let it happen. Just let it be. Just be like noted, noted. And then as time progresses and we become more aware and we know how to communicate with ourselves, how we're feeling, we can then alter the controls and how long we're on social media and what are the things that make us feel good and what are the things that don't make us feel good and just see how that alters our life and our being. Love that.
1: That's so good. That's good advice. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Politics and Pop Culture. I'm Chris.
0: And I'm Sierra.
1: Be sure to subscribe. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.